Well, we are airing this, or we are recording this on the worst day of sports for a sports fan. It is Wednesday, the day after the All-Star Game, the day of the ESPYs. Uh, we're trying to make things go on our end by having a podcast. We have a special guest who we'll get to in a second. Uh, I'm Vaisalis. He's Michael Kazin. This is the Sports Detox. And today, guys, uh, well, first of all, I'm going to introduce our, our illustrious guest. You know him as the premier voice in Yankees Twitter and Instagram. This is John Boy. John Boy, how are you doing? I'm doing well. What an intro. The premier voice. I guess I'll take it. <laughs> I like it. Yeah, I mean, I mean, there's only a few few Yankee Yankee voices out there, right? I mean, there's only a couple of you guys. So um, you are, we'll, we'll say you are the premier voice. And uh, Michael, well, I didn't forget about you. How are you doing? I'm doing well. I'm not the premier voice of much of anything, but I'm, I'm still glad to be here. Well, hey, man, we'll, we'll take what we can get. I'm not the premier voice of anything except my household, and even that's a stretch. So uh, we're going to do what we're going to take what we can get. Um, this is the Sports Detox. Every week we, we start off our program with a question, and I saw a fun one on Twitter, and I wanted to bring it out to our, to our guys today. And that question is, if there's one championship that you could choose as your favorite championship amongst your favorite teams – uh, what would that championship be? Um, let's start out with your favorite teams and let's stick with the four major sports because we could go on with college and all that stuff. But we'll start. We'll just stick with the four professional sports. Uh, and we'll start with our guest, John Boy. I'm going to guess it's a Yankees uh, championship. What's your favorite championship from one of your favorite teams? Your guess is correct. Definitely Yankees. I got to go 2009. All the... All the 90s ones, I was young. I remember watching them with my family. But 2009, I was in college. I had just moved back to Connecticut, to the East Coast. And in college, you have all the time. In, on you, know, you have all the time in the world. <laughs> and I got super – I mean, I've always been very into it. But I was more – Living and dying with the results than when I was, you know, nine years old and ten years old. So 2009, I think I was 19 years old, and that was when, you know, it was life and death. And I didn't have like that growing up ability to kind of like take a step back and be like, okay, don't let this ruin your whole day. So it was like I lived and died, you know, as teenagers do with the sports. So 2009, definitely my favorite. 2009 was a fun one too because it was it was also kind of like a like to to cross promote sports or cross cross reference sports you had a Philly New York rivalry as well as just your typical World Series so that had to be fun for that aspect as well. Yep, and I just knew they were going to win the World Series. It I just I remember someone asked me, "Do you think you guys will win?" And I just laughed and I said, "There's no way we lose." And that was that kind of team. It was fun. Uh, and now, like, I'm scared the next time we go to World Series, and I don't feel that confident. I'm hoping I feel just as confident as I did back then. <laughs> well, we'll we'll get into that because this year is going to be a fun one. Michael, what's your favorite? So, being older, I'm going to go a decade earlier. Uh, for me. It was a 99 World Series. Um, I was out of college at the time, um, but I was, I mean, so into that team. It was in the midst of the late 90s, you know, Yankees run the Joe Torre teams, um, and they swept the Braves that year. And that was, you know, that was the Braves, that was, that was the Glavin Maddox Smoltz Braves. 
Um, you know, they beat the Red Sox in the ALCS, beat the Braves. Um, and for me, that was, you know, that was that was the pinnacle. Um, and, and I think the 2009 is a great choice, too. Um, but that team with Mariano Rivera winning the, winning the MVP, shutting it down um, for me, that 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 was it. And I'm sad to say the only thing I also the 2009 is like, it's wonderful, but it's also as we see here today, that's the last one we've got for the Yankees. It's getting to be, you know, it's a decade away. So, I mean, I mean, guys, let's not get let's not too greedy. You guys got Ooh, 27 of them. I think, I think I think I think a decade I think a decade break is OK. You're you're you guys are turning into the Lakers where you expect like a championship every year and nobody. I fully I fully disagree. A decade break is not OK. That's not OK. One thing I, I, don't, well, know, well, I don't know uh, if you're going to go Dodgers or not, but I will say that I think the World Series that I remember the most as a kid, um, and I don't even remember what year it was, but but the, the Dodgers, Oakland A's, the Kirk Gibson World Series is like emblazoned in my mind. I remember listening to that game on sports radio, like in bed, uh, listening to that call. So it's not all Yankees all the time. I've got a lot of memories, and that was certainly one of them. Well, that's one of those memories that will forever be etched in it because it's played on loop every time the World Series comes around, that Kirk Gibson home run against who who is basically the Mariano Rivera of his time, Dennis Eckersley. Um, so that's definitely a moment. But me, I'm going to a different sport. I'm, I grew up in Hawaii, so my team's kind of span across the country, and I'm an Eagles fan. And so the Philadelphia Eagles were, uh, Super Bowl from a couple years back was my favorite moment. Um, as, as a sports fan. But we don't have to get too much into that. We're going to talk about baseball. The All-Star Game was yesterday. Again, we're, we're uh, airing this or recording this on Wednesday, July 10th. Uh, and let's start with the All-Star Game. Uh, they said that this was one of the least watched uh, All-Star Games in the history of the event. Uh, do they need to change it up in the way that hockey kind of changed up their series? Or is it just, um, is it just because it's the... Summer and baseball is uh, not as watched. Uh, Michael, we'll start with you. What do you think? Uh, why was this not not so heavily watched as in uh, Midsummer Classics of the past? Um, yeah, you know, I don't, I don't know. I, I don't. I don't know. That I can really say like why maybe it wasn't watched as much. I did think it was a lot of fun, and I do think they do a nice job with the All Star break. I like the I like the in game talking to batters. I especially liked uh, um, you know uh, who was it? Uh, the Braves first baseman who I just blanked his name. Um, Having to uh, having them in his ear as he's trying to face Verlander and getting bent on curveballs, um, so I think it's a fun event. I love the the youth. I love that Pete Alonso did great. Um, you know, for, as a Yankee fan, I thought it was cool that you know Tanaka got the win and Chapman got the save and Gary was there and Glaber was there. Um, so and, and I thought it was cool. I thought you know CC got honored. There were some young kids there. To me, I think it's a really cool event. Uh, I enjoyed the home run derby too. I'm sure we'll talk about that. So, but I don't know. You know, I'm a big baseball fan, and I, I don't know if if baseball should be thinking about doing something more to appeal, you know, more broadly, or if they're doing something wrong that could be changed. I don't know. What What do you think about it, Jimmy? The MLB is so bad at advertising their own game, and they're getting better at it. Uh, because they, I mean, they were so bad that they were hurting their game a ton. They're getting better at it right now. They still highlight the bad conversations. And I mean, I always say, if you ask a fan who's never watched a single MLB game, what they think of it, they'll repeat what the commissioner of baseball told them. 
It's a slow game. I can never get over that the commissioner mm-hmm. said that to the audience. It's like, why promote the game? Don't diss the game. If the commissioner's dissing the game, then people that have never watched it. So right now you have this this youth does not enjoy baseball right now. They lost a whole decade of, you know, kids that were born in the 2000s and are teenagers now or 20 years old now. They lost those kids. They didn't put the highlights on YouTube. Yeah. And I think they're starting to do a better job. And I think the actual product of the game, I yeah. love the people being mic'd up. I like the players having conversations in the game. And I think if you tuned in, it was a good, crisp baseball game uh, that they did a they did a good job pr- like promoting the personalities, which is what it's really, which the MLB is really, really bad at. But I just think you know maybe we're, this is like the first step in the right direction, and they're they're still hurting from a decade of being yeah, terrible at marketing their game. Maybe it was my. Maybe well, I was gonna say maybe it was my questioning, but it seems like we've we've transitioned right into how do we fix baseball without even talking about the All Star Game, uh, which is something that we should talk about. But I would say you know the All Star Game is supposed to be fun, and I think you guys hit it on the head. Like the moment that sticks out to me in all of All Star Games is number one was uh, Ted Williams getting carted around and everyone paying their respects, but was also when. Uh, Randy Johnson threw behind John Crook. Like I remember that moment probably bigger than any other moment. And I feel like baseball needs more, uh, excuse me, more of that, more having fun out there on the field and really highlighting those moments because that way it makes it fun. And I agree with John Boy when he said that we lost a decade. And I think a lot of that has to do with everyone talking about the steroid era and saying, and, and really uh, putting a black mark on the game. And I think that affected viewers who don't want to tune in because all they're telling is that baseball players are a bunch of cheats. So I think if they focus more on highlighting what makes the game fun, um, I think, you know, the all-star game is fun. If you look at it from it's uh, it's the entertainment value. And if the baseball can figure out a way to make it more entertaining for, for viewership, I think, I think that's what will make it fun. And, and that's how you get people to stick around and watch it once football and basketball start back up. So I think I think the All Star Game, uh, the the product is still as good as ever. Um, I just think uh, they need to do a better job of highlighting those personalities, like you guys talk about, because the personalities are still there. Um, but they need to find ways to make it more fun. Whether it's you know you know throwing away with the uh, the uh, the unspoken rules and let people just bat flip the hell out of out of the bats and just really have some fun with it uh, and throw behind some players. Let's have some fun. Yeah, that's my, that's my take. I agree with you, but I don't, I don't think that's the end. I'll be able to fix the problems. Everyone yeah. loved when Tony Romo started doing NFL and he was predicting plays and like, oh, I think they just ran this play. So now they're going to do this play. Strategy will win fans over when they can guess along with it. And the storylines yeah. in baseball are the juiced balls. And, and like these bad storylines and the game's too slow. And no one teaches them what's going on that's what i try to do on the on uh whenever i go live and do like a live broadcast <clears throat> excuse me people tune in it's like yo the pitcher just threw three curveballs 
So the batter is now sitting fastball. Will he yep. throw another fastball? There's no way he throws four. You know what I mean? Those are the conversations that we need to teach people. Like This is why the game's fun. There's constant strategy and constant gamesmanship. And, oh, that guy just stepped out of the box because he wants to distract the pitcher. And now the pitcher's irritated, so he just threw a fastball inside. You know what I mean? Like No one teaches that. They just get – I agree that the bat flips – are going to get the viewer in, but to hook them, you need to teach them the inner drama that happens. I mean, in baseball, a pitcher and a catcher communicate the entire time without saying any words to each other. And you can, you can get in on that. You can learn the secret codes and you can see like, Oh, he just put down two fingers. He wants a curveball. Oh, the pitcher just shook it. He doesn't want to throw the curveball. You can be part of that drama. Yeah, you just need to, someone needs to uh, you know, open your eyes to it. Yeah, so just do you guys, one thing, I think <clears throat> yep. um, it's, it's absolutely right that, you know, baseball has it all. It's all there for the taking. Um, and I just want to talk about what, what Jimmy, what John boy does a little bit um, because I think we need more of that. Um, so, you know, now when a lot of us watch games, you know, I hop on Twitter and, you know, every team has its fan base and its voices and people that are doing stuff on Twitter. And it's, and it's really fun. Um, but, but aside from the Yankees and, you know, going live and taking people inside at bats, um, I think, you know, one thing that, that, that Jimmy's doing with breakdowns is taking like two minutes or a minute of action. And it's chock full of stuff, whether it's a walk-off hit, whether it's the strategy of how to pitch a batter, whether it's a cool celebration. And if you just like take those two minutes, it's just chock full of great stuff. Um, and I think that's such a great thing for the fans. And, and fans doing that kind of stuff – I think is such a great way to promote the game. And in a lot of ways, you know, baseball can't get out of its own way. One of the coolest accounts on, on Twitter that I followed last year for the first time, I don't know if you guys follow him, but this guy pitching Ninja, right. He does overlays of pitchers. He breaks down, you know, pitches. It's Mm -hmm. fascinating to watch. And there was a certain point where baseball was saying, Hey guys, you're using our videos. You got to shut down. And it's just a question of not getting it right. That guy was doing more to promote their own game than they were. Um, and I think the same goes for the breakdowns because there is so much drama and so much strategy. And I think what we have on TV and radio are kind of these very old fashioned voices um, and sometimes crusty. And I remember as a kid, you know, listening to Phil Rizzuto, you know, who was a great Yankee and a great salesman for the money store. But, you know, talking about how he's going to go across the George Washington Bridge, there's a lot of kind of. Mm, boring-ish kind of old school guys who are the voices of teams. Uh, and that's not trying to take away from some of the greats. It's just there's there's so much more excitement that's there, and I think it's all there for the taking. Yeah, and we, I mean, we could we could sit here all day and talk about uh, the things that make baseball great and wh- why they need to highlight that. But you know, let's let's we're going to transition a little bit. Uh, uh, one thing that I wanted to touch on the All Star Game for your Yankees is the first time the the winning pitcher and the save came from the same team. So congrats yeah, to the bizarre. Yankees! I can't believe that uh, the losing that's the first time, first time it's ever happened. That's crazy. Um, the losing pitcher was Clayton Kershaw, which uh, as a Dodger fan, I'm used to him showing up uh, and not not performing in those big games. Uh, <laughs> we won't get into that. But I will say this. Uh, we share a common enemy. Last year, Boston took out both the Yankees and the Dodgers. Dodgers in the World Series, Yankees in the ALCS. Um, right now, we're looking towards another, another uh, 
possible New York LA rivalry. Uh, you guys both follow Yankees uh, very closely. What do you think is going to take for the Yankees to be the AL representative uh, this year? Health and more pitching, but really health because, and by health, I mean, if Severino, Batances, and Stanton can get healthy, I mean that's that's a juggernaut. That's a that's a beast of a team. Uh, no yeah. one has any faith yeah. in all three of those guys being healthy. Yeah, though, so that's really <laughs> where it gets tricky. Well, Mike, Mike, and I talk about talk about the Yankees uh, quite a bit, and and he talked about how with all the injuries, the fact that they're doing so well is really surprising. Mike, I mean, even without if they get all those healthy people back, I mean, you guys got to feel pretty good about where the Yankees are sitting. Right yeah, I mean, now, to me, hit, there is something very special about this team. I think, uh, you know, you know, even last year's team, there was a feeling they, they struck out a lot. Um, the way this team is constructed with guys like LeMay, who gets on base, uh, with Glaber, you know, being Glaber, with, with, with Gary Sanchez, uh, you know, showing that last season was a real aberration and being a real run producer. Um, you know, Judge is just getting his feet wet, really. Um, so, I mean, there's – the lineup is excellent. Uh, I think the pitching is underrated. I know the starting pitching is a is a weak spot when you compare it to other top top contenders like the Astros and people. You know, people say, "Oh, go get Scherzer," and Cashman's terrible because he didn't get Verlander and Scherzer. And you know, those there there aren't aren't too many of those those guys. Um, and I think Tanaka's shown that he's a he's a he's a pretty great big game pitcher. Um, I've always liked Paxton. Um, and you know, like Jimmy said, if we get Severino back, and, and right now I'm not really counting on it. Um, and when he comes back, what's he, what's he going to be? Um, so I, you know, they could use some more pitching. Um, uh, I don't think it's going to be uh, Scherzer, but if it's someone, someone top notch, uh, you know, at the level of Paxton, I think that could be a rotation that wins uh, in the playoffs. I think they can win with what they have. Maybe adding a little bit. The bullpen is spectacular. Ottavino is unbelievable. Uh, Chapman's having one of his best seasons ever. Um, so I think uh, the bullpen, the lineup, and if we can get a little, little, little oomph from the pitchers, I think would be. Uh, I think that's a championship team. I really do. And I, lo- I, I don't know. I'm. Uh, I just have a good feeling. Uh, not to get too scientific about it, I have a good feeling about this team. Now, yes, yeah, the vibes I'm, are all there. I'm on the West Coast. I'm in LA. Dodgers have the best record in baseball, 13 and a half games ahead of the second place Arizona Cardinals. And here's my question to you guys as Yankee fans, do you pay attention to the National League at all? Do you do you have eyes on on how well the Dodgers are doing? Do you guys think about that or are you just focused on kind of the AL AL East race right now? I never paid attention to any team besides the Yankees until this season. not like uh, like I was aware, but I, this season, I, since I'm doing all these breakdowns and trying to make like, you know, national MLB content, uh, to grow our brand and all that, I've been way more tuned in because usually it's, you know, I, I know the standings and I watch the games, but that's where baseball has a really tough time. It's so regional because if you're a diehard Dodgers fan, there's 162 games, there's six or seven a not a week. How are you going to? watch other games you know it's so hard but i am tuned in this year and the dodgers are are doing oh, some God. special things and some weird things and the pitching staff we saw in the all-star game i mean three guys that's insane but 
I mean, even Dodgers fans have to think like this is nice, but yeah, I watch. I watch can they do it? Yeah, watch them. Go on yeah. year three now. Go ahead, Vi. And I and and I was gonna say, Mike. Mike and I have talked about this before because the Dodgers and Yankees share a a similar ailment, and that is that the analytics team runs the runs the day to day. And what what I've seen happen in the last two World Series is uh, Dave Roberts has 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 kind of gone away from from calling on either pitchers who are hot or players who are hot, and instead uh, going towards the numbers on who they should. And and I wanted to just get your guys' feel on that, Mike. We could start with you because we've been talking about this. Do you think that? Uh, using those those numbers are going to hurt in postseason when it's not really a long term model, but it's actually short term production. Uh, that's going to yeah, be yeah. I'm a, you know I'm of two minds on, on this. Those, um, those series. You know I I love the whole managers who go with the gut and it works out. Um, and I also understand the value of analytics. Um, I when I see you know Aaron Boone you know day to day and and it's it's been made pretty clear from at least people who have written about the Yankees uh, you know that that they are very analytics heavy in terms of you know in game decision making um, you know I don't love it the, uh, uh, Michael I'm gonna I'm gonna stop you right there because you brought up his oh, name and I just got John Boy John Boy Michael hates Aaron Boone I mean. No, maybe not. He doesn't maybe he doesn't hate. Maybe he loathes Aaron Boone, uh, despite how well the Yankees are doing. Um, your feelings on Boone? I'm cutting him off because I need to know. Uh, well, last year he was pretty rough, but he was a first year manager. I think he's definitely improved this year. Yep. Uh, he, yeah. He's going to win Manager of the Year this year. He's almost a lock. Uh, he's an absolute lock. You can't have. Oh, he had 20 players on the IL and key players, Gary Sanchez, Severino, Batances, Judge, Stanton, like key hicks, key, key players. And they are six games in first and never, I mean, they put up triple A lineups and the manager role is changing. So I think some new managers get heat for that. Cora got a lot of credit for being a fantastic manager last year when he didn't do a thing. His team stayed healthy and he and he had a great team you know what i mean uh boone is a personality boone is what tory was everyone says tory was so good because he just managed the big personalities and stuff like that that's boone's job the analytics department does everything else yeah i mean last year i thought it was i thought boone struggled and he was terrible in the postseason but so is his starting pitching so it was a kind of double-edged sword i do think we've seen improvements but i i think a lot of it is team philosophy and and Boone just uh, is there to make the guys feel good, and he definitely has been doing that this season because they did not lose a beat of confidence when everyone got hurt. So opposite sides of the spectrum, Michael uh, semi loathes Aaron Boone. You like him. You think he's going to be the manager of the year, which, I mean, everything you said makes sense. Uh, we're running short on time. So just wanted to get in. We talked a little bit about uh, down the down the final path. You think uh, you guys both feel like the Yankees are in a good spot, Michael? No, I know I cut you no, off. I think you want to finish about, your thought, or, or I think are the game's we good? In an interesting I don't want to leave you hanging. Um, there's a lot of tension between kind of old school ways of doing stuff and new school ways. And do we get the kids playing, or you know, we have these unwritten rules? And you know, analytics uh, versus you know, gut feeling is just one of those 
interesting things about the game, interesting to talk about. And I don't know that there's a right answer, uh, but it's fun to talk about. One thing I did want to talk about before we go is Verlander uh, made some headlines with his comments about uh, uh, his idea that the ball was juiced. Um, number one, from both of you guys, uh, is the ball juiced? And number two, should we care? I did not. Yes and no. I, did you hear Scherzer's comments? Scherzer, um, who's a psycho, I actually liked what he said. He said, well, he said, he said, well, the commissioners admitted that the balls are different, so it's not really up for debate. Right. I don't think they're different on purpose. I don't think it's a conspiracy theory, but hey, our hitters get to hit with them, so um, who cares? Right. And that's kind of that's kind of how I feel. I just hate that the topic yeah, of conversation I, I is always yeah, something negative, and people uh, always whine about I don't it. Know. It's like, come on. I mean, I mean, I think part of that comes from maybe the sport feeling dirty from the steroid era and, you know, the explosion of home runs and everyone followed it and McGuire and Sosa and Bonds. Even this week, um, you know, Bud Seeley came out with a statement because I think he wrote a book, um, you know, about how when Bonds won the home run title, you know, it turned his stomach. And, you know, he also <laughs> presided over an incredibly prosperous and popular sport because of that. Um, so I think, you know, the sport's kind of kind of get you got to get over it. Like, it, you know, it's fun. Everyone's playing. Uh, with the same baseballs, um, and you know, I, I don't have a problem with it. I think there's probably something different about the balls, um, and I get it. If you're a pitcher and you're giving up home runs, you, you might be unhappy about that. Uh, but I think the Scherzer attitude is a healthy one. Of course, it's easy to have that attitude when you are the best pitcher in the sport. But uh, yeah, I, I agree with with those guys and with Jimmy. What do you think, Vi? Does it bother you? No, it doesn't bother me. I, I think, and to be honest, I don't think it's as much as the balls being juiced as, and I, and look, I'm, I'm going to say it again, but, but I just want it to be known. I'm good with analytics. I think analytics is an important part. You can't turn your back on math and science and numbers like that's stupid. But at the same time, like the, the strategy of baseball has changed where it's homers and strikeouts. Now that's what people want. That's, that's what they're trying to do. So, so is it, is it, that the ball is juiced or is it a combination of we're looking for more power from our players and the ball yeah. I think it being tighter wound or what have you is contributing to that point. That. So you know, I don't know. If you I don't know. I think, I think what Alex Bregman was talking during the all-star break I was gonna and say, was talking yeah. about, you know, is it, would it, would it be cooler to hit like, you know, 370 like Tony Gwynn or to hit a bunch of homers? And he said, uh, you know, well, you know, we all look at OPS. I don't care what your batting average is. Um, I want to hit the ball far. I want to hit home runs. I want to hit doubles. Um, and I understand that I'm going to strike out more because of that. Um, but that's being more productive. And if I wanted to hit for a higher average, I would do that. Um, so I thought that was a pretty interesting comment. Yeah, I was going to bring up that same exact thing. It's uh... – that, that goes hand in hand. Like pitchers are pitching yeah, higher in the zone now old, and hitters a, are you know, swinging for the fences. As who, so who grew it, up it, watching the sport. It, a lot like of things are adding up. There are parts of the game that I miss a little bit, right? Like, you know, Ricky Henderson leading off and stealing, you know, looking to steal a base and Willie Randolph being in the two hole and being the contact hitter who would just try and hit the other side. You know, a lot of those micro strategies, 
might be going by the wayside when you have your kind of only three outcomes. And, and I think, you know, there is a little, I do feel a little bit of loss there. Um, of course, you know, there are other exciting things, uh, I guess, that, that replace it. But I, I feel that a little bit. I would just like to say, uh, number one, uh, F Bud Seelig. <laughs> I'll say that first of all, uh, because you can you can go, you look back, and you could probably go further, but you go back twenty years uh, in baseball. Only five five times, or excuse me, four times did somebody hit over fifty home runs before Mark yep. McGuire hit seventy. And he sat there and yeah. smiled and raked in all that dough as him and McGuire and Sosa went for that. And you don't. And everybody knew what they were doing. And for him to say his stomach churned when Barry went for seventy three and then broke Hank Aaron's record, that's just BS. I mean, I want to say the the start the the harder words, but I'm I'm holding myself back. But for him to say that it made his stomach churn, like Sammy uh, Barry Bonds was the first, before even all the steroids talk, he was the first player to hit 400 homers and st- steal 400 bases. For for him to throw Barry Bonds under the bus, um, regardless of what you feel about him juicing, like that dude was a Hall of Famer before he even even started juicing. And and for him to say th- <laughs> that and throw him under the bus, I thought was, totally was to use the baseball term, Bush League. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sorry. I mean- well... He wouldn't even stand up and clap for, for Bobby. That was crazy. Yeah, and let's and let's just say another thing. Bud Selig was also the guy who said let's let's make the All Star Game count and and make that included as part of the World Series, which was a dumb idea. Bud Selig, I don't even know how did he get in the Hall of Fame. One of the dumb, one of the dumbest did he ideas. Get, did they invite? Yeah, did ahead. they induct him into the Hall of Fame? I know there was talk about it. You guys, I do not know. You know, you know what my idea is? Uh, do a fastest man competition. With the home run derby, why can't we do a fastest man? I want to see who the fastest right, like first assignment is, and, and I want to see outfield throw who can who can has the best accuracy. Like, do that stuff. That sounds I, fun. I thought they should do a skills competition to go with the with the home run derby and something similar. You have like from the all star team, you have one, you have a battery, and then you have like. A, the other team gets to choose their runners and you basically have a guy throwing home and a guy trying to beat it. And you just, you just have some fun with that. No pickoffs. You, you can take a, you, there's like a line that you can lead up to and just have some fun seeing if you can, if you can steal on somebody, not worrying, you have to worry about pickoffs and not having to worry about pitching to a batter like skills competitions yeah, so like that. Get... I think would be a lot hey, of fun. What'd you guys think of the home run derby? Uh, besides the just way. the home run derby. I agree with you. Um, yeah, I thought it was awesome. The, the best thing they did was change the format of the home run derby. The worst thing they did is read off all the numbers and like, can you believe it? I Vlad know. won with three homers ten years ago. How much has the game changed? And not say the format is wildly different. I still feel like there's some <laughs> needs to be some tweaks. A guy who hit 69 home runs should not lose the home run derby. That's just my take. There. Well, he got he gassed himself. Like I don't know why he tried to hit thirty in his first round. I, that's why I said to my co-host Jake, "I was like, he's going to gas himself because he's young and just go up." Like, he did not need to hit twenty nine home runs in that first round. There's a strategy to it, and you got to be smarter about it. Yeah, 
Yeah, and I think, I mean, I think also you get out there and you just, the adrenaline starts working. Uh, and then, I mean, what are you supposed to do? Like, you shut it down or you, and you hope someone doesn't pass you? What's, I mean, what's the strategy once you get out there and everyone's cheering? And there, I think there's some something to that. You're like, let me see how many I can hit. Like, the competitive streak comes out of you. How do you, yeah. how do, you do that? How do you shut it down? Exactly. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. You just you just hope to go second so that the first guy only hits ten and you can hit eleven. I mean that's what Alonzo did, right? That's why he won. He just had to hit one more than the next guy, and, I and think he got it to hurt save also himself because then Jack Peterson and Vlad went that on that great. that tear, which was one of the best head to head matchups we've ever seen. No problem. Um, and and that's going to happen. Well, we got we got to finish up here, but I'm I, ever uh, you know John Boy, we might have you on again, but we're at the All Star break. What is your predictions? You you said you're watching the NL now too. What's your prediction for the World Series? Who's who's representing the AL and the NL? Well, I'll just say Yankees, and then I really don't see anyone beating the Dodgers. I know that's such an easy call. The Braves are going to win their division. I think they're too young to really win, go deep into the playoffs. The Cubs can sneak by. They they would need to get really hot. Uh, I do think the Dodgers are going to be there. And then on, in the AL, I'm a Yankees fan, and I'm not going to hide my bias. I think the Yankees will be there. But I think Ast- the Astros are going to be tough to get by. What the Twins are doing is bizarre. It's unbelievable. The Twins I mean, are I not get it, going <laughs> far. Uh, I'll put that up. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but they're, they're – they're, ah, they get – like 60 free games. Everyone's tanking in their division. The Royals are terrible. The Tigers are terrible. The White Sox aren't winning yet. The Cleveland wants to tank, but they're too good to tank. They get, and then they do get, you know, six versus the Orioles. And then 16 times three, whatever that is, they get so many free games. So their record's uh, a little fugazi. The AFL East or the AFC East in that matter with, with the central, and you could say, the, and you could say the same about some other divisions. Yeah, I mean, but it's Michael, boring to say. I, guess I mean, I think, I think the Yankees and the Astros the same are the class of the American League. Um, you know, Tampa's going to hang around. You know, I don't know what's going to happen to Boston. Hopefully, they just keep fading. I don't think they have the pitching, and uh, it's just very different from last year when everything went their way. Um, but uh, yeah, the Astros and the Yankees are, are a cut above the rest in the AL, um, and that's going to be uh, that's going to be a tough one. But uh, in the in the NL, I think the Dodgers are the most complete team. Um, I think the, the the pitching staff they have, uh, you know, with Kershaw and Ryu and and Bueller, who I think is fantastic, um, and all those. I mean, the, the lineups also just. I mean, what Bellinger's doing this year. Um, Max Muncie is an unbelievable story and a great player. Um, you know, I love. I, I don't. Know, I, I love a lot of their players. Kiki Hernandez. Um, they've got a very very strong team. I think the Braves are a great team. Uh, I think their pitching staff in particular is a bit young, uh, but they've done a really nice job putting together a, a team with a lot of young stars and also some some veterans, the Josh Donaldson. So, you know, they could. I think they can make a lot of noise. If the Dodgers falter, you know, maybe they step in. But but I think the 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 pick right now is Yankees and Dodgers. That'd be fun for us, huh? Well, everything uh, – it would be a lot of fun. Well, everything can change at the at the trade deadline. Two years ago, the Astros picked up uh, Verlander, and, and that 
obviously led them to a, a World Series title that year. So who knows what's going to happen this year? Um, Five thirty-eight came out with their predictions uh, four days ago. Uh, right now, the the leader to win the World Series is the Dodgers at twenty-three percent. Yankees are second with 19%, followed by the Astros at 16%. So those are your top three. Um, I think we're all we're all on the same board. I think Dodgers Yankees would be fun. Um, and I think I think they're all headed in that direction given the way how well the Yankees are playing and really gelling with their young and kind of uh, established talent there. Dodgers with their pitching staff, they have to pick up some bullpen guys uh, in in the trade at the trade deadline to kind of to kind of seal their their team, especially as you get to the postseason. But who knows? Anything can happen, uh, especially in baseball. Team gets hot, um, and it can it can be the difference. We've seen time and time again once you get into the postseason. Uh, John Boy, we end with uh, every podcast with some sports goodness. But first, I want I wanted to take some time, uh, give you a chance to plug plug not only your Twitter account, but I know you got John Boy Media. Uh, let our let our let our people know uh, how they can find you, how they can follow your stuff. Yeah, sorry if you can hear my dog tiptoeing in the background. He's got a long nails right now, but sorry about that. Uh, yeah, at John Boy underscore on Twitter. Uh, John Boy Media on YouTube is now the the biggest thing. And if you're a Yankees fan. We have Talking Yanks podcast, which is how I got into all of this. And coming soon on the 15th, we are debuting Talking Baseball, which is going to cover the entire league. And we've done some test episodes. And is that all on YouTube? Uh, YouTube and every app it should be on. we'll keep a look on that. We'll continue to plug it. And then maybe we'll bring you as we get into September and October, we'll bring you back on uh, to talk. But for our sports goodness, I wanted to kind of go along the same lines as we talked about your favorite championship moment. Uh, What is your favorite baseball moment? Uh, Give you some time to think about it for a second. So it could be postseason, but let's, let's, let's refine it to the major league, the major league game. Uh, it could be anything that happened in baseball. What is your uh, your favorite baseball moment? Uh, so it be something you watch I think on there TV, could be a lot live. of things. The one that popped uh, in my Mike, head we'll is a little you. bit weird and random. Um, but uh, I was at the game where Deion Sanders, in his brief Yankee career, hit an inside the park home run, and uh, it was probably the most exciting thing I've ever ever seen. So I'm going to go with that. Not a bad cornerback either. Oh, oh yeah, it was. That's better. Oh, that's Jerry Curl. That's 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 old school. (laughs) John Boy. I have a a weird one that came to mind. It was last year. It was a a wild pitch by Chapman that went way over Gary Sanchez's head. He got the luckiest bounce. It hit the backstop, bounced right back to his glove. Indian player, I think it was Jose Ramirez, took off for third. Gary gunned him down for the last out of the game. It was the wildest play I've ever seen, luckiest. And Michael Kay's call on it is fantastic because he doesn't miss a beat, which is amazing. The whole the whole thing, it's a weird baseball oddity. It's nothing too exciting. Just every time I watch it, I'm fascinated by how lucky the bounce was, how perfect Gary's throw was, and how perfect Michael Kay's call was. It's pretty cool. Well, was I'm going to play to the last crowd and, and, and to our guests and say mine is actually from a while ago. It was actually uh, Mike Piazza's homer 
after 9-11, uh, first game in New York. Um, I was in college at the time. I had two, two roommates from New York, and we all kind of watched that game. And it was one of those th- times where everything kind of stopped. You didn't care about what was going on. You were just a sports fan. And it was one of those moments that still gives me chills to think about, uh, especially at that moment in time, one of the greatest sports moments I've ever seen live. Uh, so that was my favorite baseball wow. moment uh, was that Mike Piazza homer uh, in 2001. All right. Well, that's good. That's going to do it for this edition. We went long, but well-deserving. Uh, this is the sports sports detox. Uh, John boy. Thanks so much for coming on. Mike, always a pleasure. Uh, make sure to check out John boy on Twitter at John boy underscore. Get him on, get him on YouTube. Uh, John boy media. It's happening. Uh, some great stuff on there. We'll be back next week for another edition of sports detox for John boy, Mike Kasdan and myself by Salas. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next time. The abstract and meet the five footer. I kicks the mad style. So step off the Frankfurter. Yo, Fife, you remember that routine that we used to make spiffy like Mr. Clean. Um, um, a tidbit, um, a smidgen. I don't get the message. So you got to run the pigeon. You're on point five. All the time tip. You're on point five. All the time tip. You're on point five. All the time tip. But then grab the microphone and let your words rip. Now here's a funky introduction of how nice I am.